All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news after Amtrak, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome into episode 220 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Oodle Noodle, where 10% of all in-store proceeds go towards a good local charity. You help your stomach, you help your hunger, you help the local community, and everybody wins. Shout out to Oodle Noodle. I love them very much, and I know everyone else on this podcast does as well. Uh, guys, And it, it, no Chalmers, although I suspect he might pop in at some point, and he kind of likes to do that, but Bag Milk's here, Wanye's here, Jay is here as well. Uh, this week right here with the draft and free agency and all that shit, this is my Stanley Cup. I love this more than actual hockey at most points. Anyways, that's how I wanted to start the podcast. Uh, how's everyone doing? Not going to lie to you. I'm pretty hungover today, Tyler. <laughs> oh, wow. Real You're life. hungover? Yeah, I mean, like we wrapped up the draft and then I made myself a cocktail and I was like, well, that tasted nice. And then I had another one. And the next thing you know, I'm fucking around until 1 a.m. and I'm like oh shit I gotta go to bed I'm kind of drunk and I'm paying for it today jeez the old it was solo. a big couple of days for the network man like we had a lot of content we knocked oh, yeah. out we had some great traffic go up um I was pretty happy with how everything went across all our sites and uh had a little celebratory Wednesday night bender I don't solo? hate that uh yeah well yeah but I was on like I was, I was doing that thing I was on the phone with buddies a lot and just kind of like making random calls and right, wandering right. around and you know one drink leads to another and then you mm-hmm. wake up feeling like death that happens 
happens with the best of us. Uh, overall, though, on, on the draft, I mean, yeah, the content stuff going across the nation right now has been great. Um, Josh Park was doing those draft insight videos leading up, and I thought those were super cool. Um, somehow his studio is fucking sweet, and I don't even know where he's working out of. That's the coolest shit. That's going. his basement. Yeah. I've been to his studio. It is hilarious. It is his. It's his bedroom. Is he Dr. Dre in it down there? Oh yeah. Because I even thought the video he put together, how he made that studio and set it up, was pretty cool. Yeah, it looks. He made like a sweet. one little one minute compilation of how he set that little studio up. And oh, yeah, it looks, looks good. I'm mildly concerned. Josh is cooler than all of us put together. You're oh, mildly I mean, concerned? I'm absolutely certain. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's a guarantee. Uh, uh, Milk, I'll start with you. Uh, what did you think of the draft, and uh, what did you think of the Oilers during the draft? Uh, the draft was... Do you, do you, I think that the NHL could have spruced up the coverage a little bit. I thought yeah. it was pretty dry. Um, I, I don't know what they would have done. It's not like I have a yeah, list of like, or anything, but like, I just, it was, it was dry and I get, I get why it was long, but like yesterday was a fucking shift. Rounds two through seven Fuck. took what, eight and a half hours or something to that do when normally it gets wrapped two. up. Round two alone took two hours. It was like, it took so long and I get it because GMs are calling each other as opposed to being able to just walk around the floor or whatever. But it took a long time. But as for the Oilers, I thought they did pretty well. I know you've got something coming out on Carter Savoy in the next little bit. Um, that seemed to make a lot of Oilers fans happy because I don't think anybody expected him to go in the fourth round. Um, Dylan Who's Holloway. That? Who the hell is that? Well, just, just wait. I, I wanted to, when it, when it was getting to me, I was hoping we were going to get too far down the subject of Carter Savoy. But I have to ask one question to Mr. Uremchuk. Yeah. How aroused are you from that pick? What, what, explain. Okay, I don't, the word aroused is super weird. Um, so I'm not going to say the word is, aroused. This, is, this okay. pick hits Tyler Uremchuk in all of the field. So did you get moist, man? I, I remember showing up to the Sherd Park Arena a few years ago to watch Sherd Park Crusaders rookie camp. And it was like, hey, you know, those kids, Savoy and Benning are going to be there. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, they're supposed to be good. And one guy said, no, they're not just supposed to be good. They're going to go early in an NHL draft. They ended up going in the mid-round. But this was like three years ago. And I was like, okay. And the one guy goes, watch for Savoy. He shoots the puck like an NHLer already. And he was 16 years old. So I go in. Does he just got a rocket? I sit in the stands, pull on my laptop. I'm watching them just skate around before practice. And he fired a couple. One hit the post and one hit the glass. And it sounded like a bomb was going off in the arena, man. Like this kid shoots the fucking puck. And I mean, you don't, in junior, you know, it, the AJHL people view it as a second tier league and all that. I don't agree with it. But in you're playing against guys that are two, three years older than you. This guy scored 53 goals in 54 games. He was a goal a game guy in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Like he are they expecting him? And he got picked in what round? Four? In the fourth round, Bob McKenzie so, had him at fifty-eight. Bob McKenzie had him as a second-round pick. Yeah, like, but that was the interesting thing too. As I was doing the, uh, I was doing the draft article for him, and I looked at all the pre-draft rankings on him, and I couldn't figure out why he was still there in the fourth round because everybody is he had. Him. Is he one foot eight? Is he brittle? He's five ten, hundred eighty. He's short, but he plays like a bowling ball man. Like, he and this does? is a guy. There was a playoff run for the Crusaders where I was talking to someone and they came out to me and they go, there's apparently there's a rule in the AJ I didn't know about where if you get too many goalie interference penalties, you get suspended. And it was like game five of a playoff series. And someone came out to me and they go, 
we had to tell Carter to cool it because he's driving to the net so much. He's taking goalie interference penalties, and he was about to get suspended for game six. Oh, my God. Like so, he, he's, to answer my question, to answer my question, Tyler Ramchuk, <laughs> yes, you are aroused with this. Pick. I'm aroused, <laughs> Moist. If Tyler, thought about it, if Tyler thought about it any harder, he would rip a hole clean through his trousers. The, Is like, he a hunk? Is he good looking? Does he have some savoir faire? I was, so I'm sitting there driving and I'm keeping tabs on the drive because I was driving to a round of golf. And when they were coming up at 76, I was like, man, if Savoy is still there, that would be a really, really nice spot to take him. Because I think he'd be a good fit here. They need, they don't have enough guys in their system who are natural goal scorers. And I think he, he is exactly that. He's a natural goal scorer. Explain him to me physically. Like we're on the cover of Team Beat. I don't, I don't know how to do that. What do you look like, you idiot? What if you You look crime? He, he looks, looks like he play. He looks like he plays hard. Like he looks like he's a gamer. He looks God, thick to me. I'm he's, wait, he, he's thick. He's thick. What, what color is his hair? Brown. He's a brunette. That, this guy looks like he's a killer. And does he look like I a celebrity have, of any sort? Uh, I'm not gonna look. I want you to describe him to me. Uh, does he look like a former Oiler? Um, no. Um, does he look like see, a future I, Oiler? <laughs> yeah, this guy is cracking the lineup for is sure. He? Maybe not this year. Well, nah, he's he's well, three, four years away. Four years yeah, away. But, he, but we're going to like him. I think we're going to like him. I love a kid with spunk like this. Um, Tyler, what's, looks, you, what's your take on him sliding? I don't get it. Like, I, him going after Benning really didn't make sense to me because I thought I thought Benning would slip potentially to the late fourth round. I If you would have told me before the draft that Carter Savoy was going to the fourth round... My jaw would hit the floor, man. I wouldn't have believed it. Like I said, when the is he a local guy? Yeah, he his parents live like two minutes from where I live right now. Him oh and his my mom. God. This guy has all my buzzwords. His mom and my mom taught at the same elementary school. Uh, I I wasn't in his mom's class, but like she taught at the elementary school I went to. This is when my, you know that we're not a real podcast because you ask your and talk about the draft. Ready for this? My sister babysat him. <laughs> Whoa, you're so aroused. <laughs> you are way aroused. Well, no, there's just a, no, there's just a connection there because I covered him for a few years. I know the family well. I remember when one of my first jobs was umpiring like peewee baseball and I umpired a game that Carter Savoy was playing in. It was just like peewee house league baseball and he went like four Damn for four with two home down. runs. Could he, could he, could he rip the bat? Like, could he, could he, like, was oh. he a strong hitter? Oh yeah, man. Like I said, he hit two home yeah. runs in one game and he was like the only kid at that level in house league ball that could hit home runs. Yeah, so I'd explain. Yeah, you said he shoots or he's got a he's got a rocket yeah. uh, for a shot, so it makes sense. Okay, yeah. I'm all in. They got Hold him. Hold on, I'm looking at him here. He's not a nago. We might be able to make this work. Like I said, I wanted the Oilers to take him at 76, and I wasn't yeah. sure if he would drop there. When they traded down, I was kind of like, God yeah. ah, damn, it would have been cool to see the Oilers take a chance on this guy. Then I'm golfing. Who do you compare him to in the league, your Amtrak? Who's he like? Well, I'll do you one better. I was uh, talking to him on the phone on Monday, and I asked you him. Wow. Just what like an insider. Everywhere. How? Was, Why? How come he's not on the podcast? Because the Oilers control his media now, so he doesn't do uh, it. Um, I was talking to him on Monday. I did a little podcast with him, and uh, I asked him. I said, who do you compare yourself to? And he kind of said, like, oh, I don't, I don't like to compare myself to one player. I like to take pieces from other players' games. But he was like, if I had to look around the league, I'd probably say, uh, probably say TJ Oshie. So like, offensive Ooh, winger who shoots the puck really well, goes to the tough areas, isn't afraid to hit so and get chippy. Who podcast is this, your M Chuck? You're doing with him exactly. Uh, my podcast with the Shirt Park Crusaders. What? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do a podcast with Sherwood Park Crusaders. I've been He's been cheating on us for a long time. This is no, I haven't been cheating on you. If anything, I've been cheating on them with you guys. I kicked off season four on Monday. What the hell is this? Some sort of hey, how many episodes? How many episodes of the Crusaders podcast? Four seasons and around 24, 25 seasons. I'm at like a hundred. Yeah, so yeah, we're like what two hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah. Well, I want to know one thing. You said TJ Oshie is a comparison. Does he hit like a freight train? Oh yeah, he'll hit. He's oh, been, he got suspended a few times when he was with the crew because oh, he. I love this guy. This is going to be the darling of our draft. I'm yeah. excited. What number is he going to wear? Sixty-nine. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> what is he here? Like, he wears uh, eight, eight for the Crusaders. So he can't wear that. Eight. It's Glenn Anderson's number. Ocho. What? Fuck Glenn Anderson. No, Glenn Anderson was not eight. Oh, Glenn Anderson was nine. Eight, yeah, never mind. Glenn Anderson was nine. Yeah, eight I, thought you were I thought you were really protecting uh, Griffin Reinhardt's number. The Dano Seeger. I thought you were trying to trigger me. I thought you were trying to be a troll. You actually didn't know that. No, I just I got confused a little bit in my head. That's all. My bad. So you love the Dano Seeger? I do. I also love the Dano Seeger. You know what, Wanya? That's a funny name that you just pulled out. I have his autograph in my program. One of my programs. Unbelievable. Like my dad's Fuck, does that guy have a helmet? Mm-hmm. I love those old Joker yeah. buckets. Great bucket. Carter Savoy, number one. Yeah, and and we also drafted Dylan Holloway, who, who is definitely on the All Abs team. Punk of, a, punk of a man. I wrapping. That was weird to what? post pictures of a shirtless eighteen-year-old and talk You're about his weird. abs. You're weird. You're with all your How dare you? podcast. Great. <laughs> we need to make sure that our All Abs team is fully stocked at all times. Yeah, like, like we if run we're the losing Oscar, if we're losing Oscar Clefbaum for any length of time, we need to make sure that there's somebody in the wings that can fill that slot. I thought that was Broberg. I immediately tweeted when we drafted him, we just got sexier. Yeah, I remember that. This is the kind of commentary I need to get me through a long off season. On Oilers Nation Radio last Friday, you didn't think that the Oilers would be going for a guy like Holloway a little bit. You thought he would go lower in the first round. Were you at all surprised when that's who they snapped up? Well, so here is the problem with how the draft went. A lot of the draft experts said there was like 12, there was picks one, two, and three. Like, Lafreniere was clearly number one. Byfield and Stutzel were clearly two and three. And then from four till about 12 or 13, all those players could have gone in any order, everyone kind of said. And then they said there's a drop-off at 14. So it was just shitty that the Oilers picked at 14th overall. It's someone... One, eight, mute. Oh, shit, you can hear that? Yep. Yes. He's making a cocktail. Boys, boys, no, I was just fucking getting a little bang of chips here in the Apologies. Um, so they said there was a drop off at 14. So when you're watching the draft go, it's kind of like, all right, Perfetti is starting to fall. He, there's no way he's getting to Edmonton, but he might push, you know, maybe he pushes Seth Jarvis down to where Edmonton is. And you were just kind of hoping that one team would make a mistake and reach. And they'd reach on a guy that wasn't supposed to go in that top 13. And that would allow Jarvis to fall to Edmonton. That didn't happen. No one reached. Everyone played it by the book. So Edmonton had to take whoever was the highest on their list. They weren't going to have someone fall to them. And that's why they ended up going with Holloway. I wouldn't have hated if the Oilers traded down and did what Calgary did, where they moved down, moved down again, and then still got Connor Zari. Um, when it comes to Holloway, I like his hockey presence. I watched him a bit in the AJHL when he won MVP there. Uh, I like his hockey. I, I, I like his hockey mind. I should say. Sorry, that was a slip up. I like his hockey mind. He thinks the game well. He's got you know a good 200 foot game. I'm a little bit worried about his offensive upside. But I also think he could be, you know, maybe a little bit of a late bloomer in the sense that he didn't get off to a great start at the University of Wisconsin, and that program was loaded 
this last season, but towards the end of the year, he started to pick up some steam. So, you know, maybe he just needed a while to adjust to the college game, and that's why I'm a little bit more down on him than, than I should be. But it's exciting. I think I think his floor is a damn good third line center. That's okay. Which is fine. I th- I think one of my favorite moments from the the first round of the draft was when Columbus went way off the board, and nobody on the panel had any information about. Yegor Chenikov, I thought that was hilarious. They yeah. were like, "What is like Kekalainen? He's doing weird shit, man." And I like it. He's entertaining. I think Kekalainen might be the best GM in the NHL. Yeah, it's hard to argue right now. Like he's done some interesting things and has stayed relevant. Like everyone sat there and was like, "Oh, they let Bobrovsky go. Like that's a mistake. He's your franchise goalie. Bobrovsky is shit. The year he leaves, Columbus now has two other starting goalies just sitting there." Every, you know, the Panarin yeah. thing sucked. They didn't really recover from that yet. But you look at some of the trades he's made, man. Like that, getting a third and Domi for Anderson, great deal. The Dubois thing, everyone laughed at at the time. Turns out great. So much stuff has just turned out great in Columbus. And Kekalina, man, interesting. Like even going off the board for a guy who went through the draft last year, I'm pretty sure. No one wanted this dude last year. And Kekalina used a first rounder on him. It makes no sense. I don't know why he did it, but I guarantee you that guy's a top six winger. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the other well, thing- and that's why I also feel pretty good. I know we're still talking about the draft. But that also makes me feel good that you say that because there was also some rumors going around that Kekalainen wanted to... He was sniffing around Pugliarvi, who yeah. just re-signed with the Oilers. So what, what does he know? He knows something. Yeah. He knows I, something, and that's a good... That's a vote of confidence that we want of Pugliarvi coming back. Okay, before- Can you ever recall, Jay, other than Comrie, Smitty coming home, an Oiler that got flushed and swam back against the current and came back? Oh. I think of uh, I, I think Dennis Grabishkov could use another tour yeah. of duty. Yeah, one yeah. more. Yeah. Grabs, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I can't recall it happening. Normally, we would have traded him for an eighth round pick. Well, yeah, I, like I, I tweeted out yes. like twice or something. Nedved, Peter Sakura. Oh yeah, Sakura. Sakura, um, we had twice. Yeah, yeah. But this is different, maybe because it's like a draftee that we yeah. try. It'd be like if Yak came back or Schultz. Yeah, well, could happen. Um, the last thing I wanted to say on the draft, I don't know if uh, Jay and Wanya, I don't know if you guys watched much of it, but at the beginning, they did like a little thing where they showed every prospect sitting in front of their like Zoom camera at home. Yeah. And it was hilarious to see like the gap in there because there'd be one kid who's sitting in like his college arena watching it on the Jumbotron. Another kid who has like a well-lit room and he's got his jerseys behind him and like he's all ready to go wearing a bow tie. And then you'd get the odd kid who was just, like, sitting in his basement, looked like he was wearing a hoodie. Like, it's yeah. terribly lit. You can barely see his face. It's, like, wood paneling on the walls. And he's just, like, sitting there hunched over looking at his laptop. And then the next kid's, like, at a hall his parents have rented in their hometown. And there's, like, hundreds of people there. And then another kid just, like, sitting in his bedroom, like, laying in his bed, being like, hmm, what's a, wonder where I'm going to go here. It was, it, was interesting. it was interesting, too, to watch, like, just because it was so different and all these kids were in their houses or wherever they were, uh, just the kind of fun little things that popped up, like when the Holtz family stood up and somehow they have a chandelier that's only four feet <laughs> high or whatever in their room. Like, oh, that's Europe. That was it was it was just funny seeing that shit. And I was kind of hoping, and I get it, it's their big day, but I was really hoping for a kid that wasn't wearing a suit, but instead like a sweet Adidas tracksuit or something, yeah. just because he's chilling at home. <laughs> Also, oh, like, yeah, like, a, like a Russian in like a Kappa tracksuit. Exactly. I was so happy to see 
a Canadian national treasure announce a pick. Yes. And yeah. Alex Trebek. That yeah. was that so was cool. cool. So well done. People were, people were hating on it on Twitter. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, that was, I wish we could have flexed like that. that what was team awesome. got to use Alex Trebek? I missed Ottawa. The Ottawa Senators, yeah. Wow, that's like the most fucking so, coolest thing Ottawa's done in a while. Ottawa had a draft. You, uh, they had themselves a draft. Holy cow. Wanye, Plus, taking up Matt Murray. Wanya, you should have seen the video, though. So, like, they cut to Trebek. They did, like, a full scene where, like, he throws up the Jeopardy thing, and it's like, this player was drafted third overall by the Ottawa Senators in 2020. And then oh, it comes back to Trebek, cool. and he's like, the answer is, who is Tim Stutzel? And then it goes to Stutzel going nuts. How can people hate on that? Fuck I don't people. know. I, uh, it would have been funny if they would have played like the wrong clip because it was obviously pre-recorded. So like they cut to like Trebek and he goes, who is Alexi Lafreniere? And everyone's like, oh, fuck. He's already off the board. And then they I make, wonder like, how many the iterations of that they had. Well, think, no, it could have only, yeah. Would have only really that. only would have been two guys. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm half kidding. But that was really cool. I wonder cool. how that came to be. I wonder if Alex Trebek was like, hey, I want to do something with the NHL. If they were like, hey, I wonder if Alex Trebek's available. He, well, he's an Ottawa guy, right? So I, I'd imagine the Senators reached he's out. He's Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. I loved it. I'll Dan. be damned. Um, the other really, there was a couple of good heartwarming moments. Uh, Dale Howardchuk's widow making the pick yep. for the Jets. Yep. And then Very at the cool. end of the round, how cool was that? Um, for those who don't know the story, Ozzy Weisblatt plays in the WHL from a whole family. They're, they're like the next big hockey family, the Weisblatts, and their names are all tremendous. Ozzy just got drafted, and let me tell you his brother's names here. Uh, sorry, I don't want to mess him up. So Hold I'm on, gonna... the guy's name is Ozzy Osblatt? No, Ozzy Weisblatt, and his brother's names are Oasis, Orca, and Ocean, and they all play junior hockey. Oh there was some... There were some great names in this draft. There's my say. O-Face. That's what I'd say. Um, so, Ozzy Weisblatt, their mother is deaf. So, they like all the kids know sign language. And when the San Jose Sharks went up with the last pick of the first round to take him, Doug Wilson Jr., he made the pick in sign language so that Ozzy Weisblatt's mom could like get it in real time. It was super cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my cool. God. Like, that means they knew they were taking him at that pick oh, for yeah. the longest time. Because, like, to learn sign language isn't easy. So, like... That's such a class act that they did it, but like you know, the fact that he learned to do like that's not easy. No, it was really, really so like cool. they they knew they knew because it's not like oh, okay, uh, we're gonna take this you know, okay, we're gonna take this kid out okay, well quickly tell me how to do that like <laughs> no, like he would have probably spent like a few hours to mastering that because like yeah. he did it so nonchalantly like they were like that that, that was cool. It was it was very really cool. cool. There were some cool moments in the draft. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting week here. You guys were talking about JP. We're going to get to that in just a second here. Uh, but before we do that, I need to let everyone know we are brought to you by Twig and Berries, local men's apparel company with a great selection of shirts, hoodies, socks, and underwear. Get this. They even have their own underwear line and it's called Nutsack. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You want a pair? You can get a pair by heading to twigandberries.ca. <laughs> you want to save 15% on that pair or anything on their website? You can use the promo code nation 15 Nation 1-5, Nation 15, saves you 15%, everything on twiggyberries.ca. Hit them up, support local, because, you know, we love supporting local on the Real Life Podcast. Now, your okay. Ramchuk, I take my underwear off and on many times a day on account of having sex with many women. Are they durable? Mm. Yes, very durable. The Nutsack one especially. Mm. Interesting. Go on. Doesn't Justin Bieber only <laughs> wear a pair of underwear once? <gasps> Does he? That's, That's a big flex. I heard Beautiful. that at some point that he won't a wear a pair twice. Deal, uh, a fresh new pair of underwear put on feels so good. 
Speaking of which, Twig and Berries, the the team there, were great enough. I got I got uh, some gift boxes here for us that I've got to distribute to you all. Um, I also to, I also still need my booze from Danger Suede. That's been like yeah, eight me, months. Uh, well, that. hey, more it's at my house, but hey, hmm. more reason to get back to the studio. I'm not going to drive around the city. You already drive around the city. Oh my time. Booze. Yeah, but I'm doing business. That is commerce. You hear that, Danger Suede? You hear that? You hear what happened to your gift? They imported <laughs> Chalmers. So Chalmers has his, his rub. What the fireballist? Because I great. see Chalmers regularly, physically, and all you guys hide. Well, you know me and Bag Milk are shut in. Yep. My recluse lifestyle demands sipping rum. I don't know if I could introduce myself alcohol into my environment at this moment. I've been running a pretty sober game now for many really? months. I think, you know, oh, yeah. Two sips of booze, and I'll be like dick picking people I haven't seen in ten years, and so nice, okay. nice, nice. You just yeah. peel off those fresh nutsack uh, undies from yeah. Twig and Berries, whatever. Flash the gear. I, I respect it. The only time I've said a dick pick now is if there's an OnlyFans subscriber at the other end of it. I'll tell you that. Yep. Pay to play. Pay to play. play. What else is hot, uh, exciting about hockey? I want to talk Puglia Yarvi because we heard rumors. Like, it was a certain thing that he was coming back. I don't think anyone was surprised that the contract got done. But I was surprised at how cheap it was. We heard rumors it was going to be 1.2 to 1.7. Um, so that surprised me. And it surprised me that it was How much two, was it? 1.175, I believe. And a two-year deal on top of it. If Puglia Yarvi comes back, and let's say, what if it goes amazing this year? Let's blue sky it. And he scores like 20 to 25 goals. You have a second year of this guy at $1.1 million. That is huge in a cap world. Even if he doesn't do well, let's say he only scores 10 to 11 goals. One, there's still value in trading that contract because he's a 21-year-old former fourth overall pick under contract for $1.1 million. Or let's say it goes middle of the road and it's a 15-goal season for JP. He does well. He plays well both sides of the ice, all that. I mean, you have one more year of a damn good third-line player for $1.1 million. This deal was an absolute plus move by Ken Holland. Grand slam, home run, all of it. You got to give props to, to Uncle Ken for wearing the iron pants yep. and not trading him for a bag of beans. Yep. Like what the Rangers did with Anderson, trading him for the 60th pick. Yeah, and just, and just you know, waiting, re- reestablishing the bond and the relationship. And now, you know, they're both collectively going to give it a second shot. And JP is now... You know, a little bit more mature. He's got his confidence back from lighting the league on fire. Like it's, it's, it's a no lose situation because if he doesn't perform well, we didn't fork out too much, um, and then we can trade him for whatever. And if it does have any kind of payoff because of that contract, like you said, your Chuck, this is two. This is two great years of our five year window where that contract could be a, an asset to the team. Everyone, quiet for a second. What's that noise? Do you guys hear like a tapping? That's probably Wanya. Yeah, I've just oh. been rubbing the phone on my schmackle. Sorry about it's that. It's not me. I'm not doing anything. Uh, uh, sorry, I heard like a... Like a I, I think that really you're probably going nuts here. I probably am in my nutsack underwear from Twig and Berries. <laughs> uh, bag Milk, your take on JP coming home? I was actually pretty surprised that it was a two-year deal as well. Yeah. I thought that... I didn't expect a two-year deal. I, I expected him to come home like we we've been hearing about it since, you know, August, July, whatever, but like low deal, very low cost, two years, 
the highest scoring right winger on the Oilers last year was Zach Cassian at 34 points. I'm not saying that Pooley Arvey is going to be the highest scoring right winger on the team, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the neighborhood. You know, if he comes in and he's got some of that finished swag, I could see this going really well. And then all of a sudden in two years, we're like, God, we got to pay this guy. But in, like Jay said, that's two years where you got an asset locked up that hopefully will be able to contribute. He says, you know, he did the, the Zoom call with the media. He says he's grown as a person. He's got more confidence from the year and a half in Finland. His English was um, better too. Was it? I didn't get to watch it. Yeah, he, he sounds more confident and like, He's more Can thorough when he speaks. Him so I know how far along he is, Yuranka? I've been imitating him this whole podcast. That's how good his English has gotten. Well, wow. I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you a story about his maturity. Because okay. when he was here at Edmonton, behind the scenes, his English was fine. It's just when he's put in front of the camera and everything, the nerves got in, which just kind of led to like him being young, him not being ready. Like He had all the tools. He just you know wasn't couldn't... couldn't put them together in uh, a high, you know, tense situation. So, you know, I just think he's more relaxed now. Like he's, he's, like I said, he's comfortable in his own skin. He's got, he knows he's got the tools. He's proven that he did, he, he's done it, uh, that he has it again by going back to Finland. You know, he's feeling comfortable and confident now. His English is better, but it was always good to begin with. It's just, he was, he wasn't ready to be here and we fucked him around too. And we didn't add to that. So all of these things, you know, there's so many good, signs around you know Pooley coming back and contributing that I'm hearing when I read between the lines yeah. and I can't think of them ever being patient with a player and having this work like this before it's Ken Holland. well we'll see we don't know if it worked yet like it, it, it but well, we're in a position where it we're, we're not doing any damage which is something what we would normally do we didn't say if you have to ask the question or some dumb thing about him to offend him to burn the bridge yep but it's like also like we said, if this was if this was still Pistol Pete at the helm of the Oilers, Puliarvi would have been traded for oh. you know half eaten sandwich years ago, a year and a half ago, and we would have watched him do whatever he's going to do somewhere else. So I like this. It's a low cost bet. There's mm-hmm. a there's a good chance for a, a nice little ROI on this one. In my opinion, and I yeah. hope that he's still looking at this as a time where there's lots to lots of work to do. Just signing a two-year contract doesn't mean jack shit. Now it's done, time to put the work in. It's like Strud said about the draft, you know? Getting picked by a, a team is great, but now the work begins. And I feel the same way about Pugliarvi and his version mm-hmm. 2.0 with the Oilers. Yeah, I, I, I think 100%. I don't think you'd find an Oilers fan who's going to complain about this. And if you do find an Oilers fan who's going to pl- complain about this, um, I, I would question their hockey IQ. I think you I think you would actually be pretty surprised, Tyler, because when Zach wrote the news article yesterday on OilersNation.com, there was a lot of people that are just kind of over it. And See, I don't know if it's because the saga dragged on for as long as it did or that the first time around didn't go as well as we'd hoped for a fourth overall pick and people are just wary of that. But I was actually surprised to see the amount of just why did they do this in the comment section, even though it's a cheap, low-cost deal. Like, people who listen to these podcasts have known for a few months that I've been, quote, over it. And I wasn't over it in the sense that I didn't want to see JP back. I never said that. I was over it in the sense that I was done dissecting everything. I was done with the posting the videos on Twitter every time he scored a goal. I was done with people bitching and moaning about whose fault it is that he's not in the NHL. I was done. I was just done with all that shit. I was like, either he's coming back or he's traded, and I'll talk about it once again when one of those things happens. Now that he's coming back, I'm ready to talk about some of the positives surrounding this, but I can see why some Oilers fans are maybe a little stuck up and, oh, prove it to me first, but I still think you need to be a little bit open in giving this guy a second chance. Like, when I think 
certain Both things that make need me to be open. Yeah. And you know, we all love watching Oilers hockey, but we all sort of have that list of things that make us like extra happy when they happen in game. Like when Cassian runs someone over, you love it. When dry settle trips, the other team's bench, when Nugent Hopkins scores, when Pooley Yarvi having success and scoring goals is on that level for me. Like I'm going to be rooting for that guy extra, extra hard this coming season. I'm really yeah. looking, now that you say that, like I'm really genuinely looking forward to the first time he scores a goal yeah. and you just see that giant fucking grin on his face again. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. He scored in his first game. Wow. We have, to make last sure, time. we have to make sure Alvin picks him up at the airport, Jay. Yep. A buddy of ours drove him to the airport when he was leaving town. You're in check, and they didn't know he was leaving for good yet. And he was like, I'll see you soon. And then he didn't come back. So now that he is coming back, <laughs> our buddy has to go get him. I was probably as happy as I was for the Oilers and for JP that they were able to get this done. I was equally as happy for Rick, for Rick because yeah. this has been a fucking drum he's been pounding yeah. on for a uh, year and a half now. Rick is his boy. They are legit boys. Yeah. It's his Ryan Smith, Jay. It is. It is. He would take a bullet for that, man. <laughs> I wonder, do you think that they had to have like an airing out of everything on those calls between Holland and Tippett and Pugliarvi's camp where they just kind of put everything on the table, even though the two from the Oilers side weren't here when everything went down? Oh, do you 100%. think that had to happen? Yeah. yeah, but I bet you that they're such pros. They're like, listen, yes, we have nothing but respect for you. You'll always have a home in it. I didn't know Lauren Michaels was a G. Oh, that was different to Lauren Michaels. (laughs) It does, yeah. How the hell does fucking Coach Tippett talk? He's a low voice, right? Yeah, he does. Doesn't he? He does. Kind of of Lauren Michaels-y, you know? No? Uh, Okay. (laughs) I I just think there would have been something like, oh, and I'm sure they've done this a hundred times now over the last year, where it was like, lay out what went wrong. And, you know, lay out what went wrong. And the Oilers probably sat there and said, listen, yeah, we're not going to force you to play through injuries. We're not going to make you do this. We're not sending you to the American League. But we're not promising you top six minutes. We're not promising you power play time. But the door is open for you to earn those things. And I think sometimes the word earn almost, it became like a polarizing term when talking about this. You'd have one half of the fan base being like, he's got to earn his place. And the other half being like, well, no one else has to earn it. Why does he have to? He's be given Everybody the chances. Everybody has to earn it. And it's, like, it's a bit of a chicken egg thing where like, does he need to play well to get the opportunities or does he need the opportunities to play well. And I think both can be kind of true. I think you can start the guy on the third line. Maybe he gets some second unit power play time, although the Oilers pretty much don't have a second unit power play. But right, play him on the third line, give him some offensive chances. And if he plays good doing that, do not make him work too hard in a sense. And I'm not like, that sounds bad, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like if he scores three goals in 10 games on the third line, move him up for a few games. Don't sit there and go, well, we wanted you to score seven goals in 10 games and really blow the doors off. Like, I, I think there needs to be reasonable expectations, maybe, is the way I'm, is what I'm trying to say. I guess my question to you, Remchuk, is this. Do you even see that there's space for Connor McDavid on the team next year? Oh, bold question. Yeah, his, Does he even make the team in 2021? I th- I think uh, because they're going to be expanding rosters with COVID, I think maybe Connor <laughs> just goes on the practice squad for a little bit. You know, really works on a few things. I That too, you know what? In the playoffs, he had, what, nine points in four games? Like, he went supernova, yeah. even though they yeah, lost. Yeah, was he, like, still top 10 in scoring, like, a month later? Yeah. How, I am very, very excited to see what level we get Connor McDavid at next year. Because I think oh. he's going to come out and be like, you know what? Fuck it. Leon, that was fun. That was great. Congrats on your heart trophy. I think I kind of want another <laughs> one here. And I think fully healthy, 100% Connor McDavid, yeah. who now would have had... Granted, COVID news aside, get well soon, Connor, from the entire nation. 
Um, I think he could come back next year after a full off season of training and just be at a level we've never seen him at. Yeah, he's pissed off and determined. I we're would. Going, we're going deep next year. I Do very it. much feel like he's the kind of guy, and I think Tyler touched on something where I think that he's the kind of guy where it's like, I'm happy for Leon. He had a hell of a season. MVP, Art Ross, you name it, he won it. But I want him back. Yeah. And I hope he can do it again, but he's going to have to beat me. Connor assisted on a lot of his goals, right? So he must feel some measure of pride that his best yeah. guy got the heart. Oh, yeah. Of course. But he wants it for daddy, Connor. Same with, but the internal competition thing, I think, is really important with the others. And that's why I like Pugliarvi again, just to kind of wrap it up, is that now there's going to be more people pushing for top six, middle six spots on that right wing. And if you don't play well, there's Yamamoto, there's Pugliarvi, there's, you know, Josh Archibald moonlights up in the roster when you need him. And I think there's going to be some healthy competition on the right side for the first time in a while. 100%. Health, you need that, right? You need guys kind of forcing each other. And that's what depth does. Uh, Jay, you said the Oilers are going to go deep next year. For me, if they're going to go deep, they need to fill some holes. And uh, that journey to round out the roster and do all that stuff, it starts in free agency, which kicks off tomorrow at 10 a.m., is when the market opens. I love... Oh, boy. Just before we get into the Oilers and what they need, and I have a question I want to ask you guys as well. I love how they got rid of the illegal tampering period, and yet we're sitting at this point. Free agency doesn't open for... I mean, it's a little under 24 hours from when we're recording this, and it's like, oh, yeah, Henrik Lundqvist is signing in Washington. Oh, yeah, Vegas <laughs> is going to make it work. They're probably going to end up getting Petrangelo here if they shed some money. Like, get rid of Lundqvist the illegal... Lundqvist is signing in Washington? Yeah, Lundqvist yeah, is going to go to Washington. Way. Wow. There's, also, before we started, it looks like Tay-Tay is going to sign a one or two year in Colorado. Well, that was we knew that like four months ago. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was funny today. I think it was like Friedman was like, oh, there's some talk that the Avalanche might be cooling in their interest of Taylor Hall. And literally everyone was like, that's probably a lie. Colorado's probably saying that as a negotiation ploy. Um, now, is is why is Friedman blowing so much smoke on Marks from the Edmonton? A lot of smoke. Friedman, LeBron, and Dreger have all directly uh, linked them. I don't know. Unless we're doing something with Koskinen, I don't know if we should do that. So what LeBron floated out as a possibility. So there's early reports that Markstrom wants six by six. Some people think he's cool. not getting that. That's going to be his asking price. Excuse me as I burp into a hot mic, which is a From the Oilers? Sin. Very no, Howard Stern of you. Yeah. How the hell are they going to afford him and Koskinen? So let me let me just run through this hypothetical with you. There's talk that Markstrom's ask is six times six. Lanner got five by five, so there's actually some chatter that maybe he won't get six by six. What he'll actually get is six by five and a half, which equals a total of $33 million. What the Oilers could maybe do is if everyone else around the league is offering him five or six years times five and a half, the Oilers could go to him and say, listen, this is your last big contract. We'll give you the $33 million, or maybe they even go up and say, we'll give you $34 million, but and they'll give them a seventh year. So it would Whoa. actually be seven by like 4.8. So the Oilers How shave old is he? 30. Why are we going to strap our franchise to Markstrom? Because they think he's a legit number one and he can steal you a playoff series. I'm hesitant on it too. I am. But that's Probably. just kind of the talk is that if they were to get him, maybe Edmonton adds an extra year to bring down the AAV from 500K, and that's enough to convince Markstrom to sign here. You know who else we gave an extra year to, J1? Yep. The Belanger Triangle. The Belanger Triangle. He too wanted an extra year, you right, Chuck? But he wanted yeah, that because he believed. <laughs> he believed that. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Uh, there's also like even uh, the goalie thing is interesting to me also because there's a lot of goalies on the market here. So I think the Oilers are actually going to end up with somebody pretty decent. Like no offense yeah. to Markstrom, but when you look back at the Oilers over the last decade of shit, and you look at like the Javi Bulins and like the bloody the professor, like it's a rogue gallery of goobers and has been, right? And the Oilers are like you look at them year after year, like they have to upgrade in goaltending. It can't be like signing guys that you always are cheering for a one A, one B. Like they gotta spend the dough. Did Not you know Markstrom? Did you know Ben Scrivens plays in the same beer league as me now? He's a forward and he plays like a couple divisions higher, but he plays in a beer league what in Edmonton. How is no he way. as a skater? Like uh, out of the net. I, I think he's actually one of their best players, and he's playing whatever it is, like Div 2 or 3, I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. Um, but I was texting with the guy who's on his team, and I was like, yo, you got to get me Scrivens for the podcast. And he, was, and he was like, yeah, I'll talk to him. And then he gave me a list of like other guys that might be interested in joining the pod and all that. So anyways, if you're listening to this and you're yeah, like, the, you're real right, life, the Real Life Podcast needs more guests, I am in the process of working on it, hoping we can get Ben Scrivens. But we're not going to talk NHL. We're only talking beer league with him. Interesting. I would actually, you know what? Education. His education. Well, that's fascinating too, but I would love, I bet he's got some great KHL stories too. Oh yeah. We need to hear his KHL stories. We don't need to touch out of the oil. We can talk on a lot of weird shit. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hundy P. Okay. You say Hundy P? Hundy P. That's cool. Is that a thing? That's a thing. Keeping it 100. I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. Okay, so the question, we were on the topic of Markstrom and all that. I think everyone kind of agrees that there's three things the Oilers need this offseason. A goalie, a defenseman, and a third-line center. Yes, and an only fans account. And a first-line center. If I had to ask you to rank (laughs) these, so let's say they have enough money to get one very good option, enough money to get a decent one, and then they have to cheap out on the third. How would you rank Sorry. It was goalie, defense, and, and third only line, fans account, or what? Kind third of line center? center. Third line center. <laughs> How would you rank those three in terms of importance slash willingness to spend? Uh, I would, I would, I would spend. Here's here's what I would say. If they're like, I'm using Petrangelo as my example. If there was a way that the Oilers could legitimately get Alex Petrangelo, he's who I would put the bulk of the money at because I think he's a very, very good defenseman and teams can win cups with lesser goaltending. But I think that what's actually going to happen is the reverse. I think Ken Holland's going to spend money on goaltending. Interesting. Well, Jay? Ken Holland's a very D. Italy's building a team off of defense. I can see him going money on D. I just don't know who. We're not going to get Petrangelo, and so that's done. We There's don't want Ekman Larson's contract, and he's, he's already snubbed us and fucked him. Tory Krug is interesting. Um, Tyson Berry, like we need a defensive defenseman, like someone who can defend. Like uh, I just, I unless unless we're getting them for cheap. On a one year, like show me, like then you're not talking about spending a lot of money on him. Like I'm trying to think of like who's the big if you can't get Petrolangelo, who's the big money D guy that you sign? I I don't think there really is anyone. So maybe because of circumstance, it isn't defense and it is goaltending. And in terms of third line center, like is Kyle Turris a center? Yep. Like, come on, buddy, come back to Canada. He's a, that that one's an interesting one too because obviously he got bought out by the Predators and that yeah, buyout he's, he's is paid. that buyout is ugly. 
Oh, that's an ugly, 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 what is ugly it? bio. They basically it, have to pay him $2 million for the next, like, eight years. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then there's there other interesting options, too, because, like, a guy that really intrigues me is Anthony DeClaire is going to you, uh, yeah. free agency as well. I, like, could you imagine DeClaire on Connor's left wing or, you know, playing up there in the middle six he, or somewhere like that? He's wanting, wanting. Like, I think he's seeking some big smoke. I think he is too. Something interesting about Duclair, though, Wanya, you'll like this. He's decided not to hire an agent. He will represent yep. himself in free agency. Oh, 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 I love that. That's a sign of a smart dude, man. If you think you got a handle on the CBA and how much you're worth and all that, fuck them agent fees. Go go get the yeah. bag yourself. Just get yourself a subscription to Puckpedia and tell that site well, you want to get paid. He actually it's just funny. told me. He it's told funny, when you look at Puckpedia, you, you'll look at the top agents, and there's like you'll see some players' names, like Drew Doughty negotiated his own deal, Nicholas Backstrom negotiated, and like they rank in the in the agent list because of the size of their contract. <laughs> they get 100 percent of the commission. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that isn't that a story that like Ovechkin just walked into Leonosis' uh, office and wrote down like maximum money and passed it <laughs> across, and Leonosis yeah. is like, uh huh. He probably he no could have. He did. He had no agent. He said most money or something. That's great. I love Ovi. Um, there's been He's a delivered. trade, a trade in the NHL while we're uh, while we're recording the pod. Uh, Who, the, what, Blue, how? the Blue Jackets traded Marcus Nudavara to the Panthers for Florida. Uh, Columbus, I'm going to say this right now. Watch them on free agency because I think they're lining themselves up to do. Sorry, to do a big they movie. traded for who? You said to the you said to the Panthers for Florida. Florida. Oh, so, sorry. I don't know who Florida. They get all of Florida. So you're on math. <laughs> they really want like Miami. They, so you've got COVID. They yeah. got Cliff. Yeah. They got Cliff so Poo. Cliff Poo from Florida. Cliff what? Cliff Poo. Spell. P U. Oh. All right, Cliff. <laughs> well, if I'm paying by the letter, I'll take ten. <laughs> uh, but Columbus is now putting themselves. In a spot now that they've gotten rid of New Devara's money, they have like close to eight million dollars in cap space, and their lineup is like almost set. They have to sign Dubois, granted, um, but they can put Dubinsky on long-term IR, so they're gonna have themselves like seven, eight million dollars to probably spend here. Um, Columbus, well, Dubois, what's Dubois though? He's a seven, eight million dollar guy himself. No. Like you'd want to lock that guy up for eight years. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sure. If they're going, if they're going eight years, seven mil. But even then, um, if once they put Dubinsky on LTIR, they'll still have like $7 million to spend. Um, so they're a team I'd, I'd watch on free agency. They might do something interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, free agency opens tomorrow. Yeah, we were talking about ranking them. Uh, like if the Oilers, like they could do some damage if they just find a way to get rid of these big contracts, right? Like if they find someone who can take Russell off their hands, if they find a way to shed Chase on without having to take a contract back, like then you're in a spot where you could probably go get Tyson Berry, a decent decent defenseman, not top of the line, but decent, and still grab a third-line center. The other third-line center, what about the name Alex Wenberg? He's interesting. He just got bought out, right? He just got bought out. He's 26 years old. His shooting percentages in the last two years have been like 3.1% and like 6%. He's been battling some tough, tough puck luck. He kills penalties. He's 26. He's a center. He wins 47% of his draws. He shoots left, not right, so that's one knock on him. But that's a guy, man. Like, I could see a Wenberg Puglia Yarvi combo working rather nicely in our bottom six. Fair. Yeah, I, think, I, 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 I don't disagree. I think tomorrow's actually going to be super surprising. 
of some of the numbers people sign for. Cause I think there's, there are so many good players out there that wouldn't normally be. Cause people are just like, well, I can't qualify this guy. I can't qualify that guy. Or people are just walking away. I think it's going to be an interesting day. Super interesting. Well, here's my concern though. Like all these other teams are moving out money. We haven't moved out money. If we go and sign some guys and then have to like reactively move guys, like we're going to get hosed. I would, I, I agree. I would have liked to see, I was really hoping Ken Holland was going to be able to move some cash out at the draft. He's oh. got, a, he's got the rest of today kind of to try figure it out before free agency opens up, which will be interesting, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'll have the live blog up first thing in the morning at the nation again, and yep. we'll, uh, we'll watch all the shenanigans as it happens. And we're going to record a, an Oilers nation radio tomorrow as well, while everything's going down. Of course. And uh, we're, we'll get to our NFL or our real-life locks of the week here in just a second. But also, uh, it'll be a busy weekend. It's a long weekend because it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening to this. Um, we'll figure out what we're going to do because we should probably do a podcast, if not Monday, probably Tuesday, to talk a little free agency, right? Yep, I'm in. Um, you, yep. Can, you can actually, speaking of betting in our locks of the week, you can bet on some sports books on which team will send spend the most money on free agents in October. What what do you got some odds? Like who who are the front runners here? Uh the front runners here Colorado. according to TSN, it's actually Boston at one at plus three twenty five, Leafs at plus three fifty, Blues at plus four fifteen, Vegas and Calgary at plus <laughs> five hundred. I actually think Cal like it's interesting. It could turn into a battle of Alberta bid off here. Calgary's gonna be in on Markstrom and they're reportedly in on Barry as well. Calgary has more cap space than Edmonton. I would be, uh, I'd be a little bit worried about the Flames outbidding the Oilers on some of these. Good, big let free them agents. overspend. Get, let them overspend in free agency. Fuck them. It um, never works out well. Yeah, and that's a good point. Before we get to your football stuff, your track, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Sure. About the future of the NHL and perhaps the others as well, but mostly your track is you're the noeologist. Uh. Do you envision there being a massive interruption in revenues of the NHL coming? Well, I think there already has been a massive interruption, right? Like, they, well, with playoffs with no salaries for players, right? Going forward, what do you see? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't see how next season's going to be anywhere close to the money they've made in the past. Like, they're not. I, you know it. They're not going to have full stadiums when they open the season. So, what in do you January. think is going to happen if you're betting? What do you think the stadium? situation league-wide is going to be? I think it'll kind of be like what it is in the NFL right now, where there's, like, Miami, the Miami Dolphins just got clearance from their government to return to full <laughs> capacity, fucking man. madness. That's fucked. Madness. That's it's backwards. Madness. It Florida's no going to fall off the map and just, like, sink into the ocean right away. If it doesn't, we should probably just send it out to the ocean anyway. Like, as a public health measure, you shouldn't play Florida. Like, you shouldn't yeah. go down there, period, for any sport. When that head full NFL stadium breathing on you. When that headline came out, I honestly, at first glance, I thought it was from the Onion. Me too. Because it was like Florida does weird Florida shit, and I was like, no way. I just remember. Sorry, no, you just look at it. It's like, how are we in the same reality where you think it's acceptable to be like, yeah, Dolphins, if you want sixty-five thousand people in the stadium, go for it. Fuck yeah. I, I just imagine their first game being like that Batman scene with Bane at the football game, where they like <laughs> go on the field and everything just fucking collapses, and they were in the stands just screaming and shit. I Stupid. I think there will be markets around the league that are allowed to have like ten thousand fans in attendance, and they'll charge. What's the difference between ten thousand fans though and full capacity? 
Probably not a lot, but I think part of it's a PR thing too, right? Where like a government will, to appease both sides, be like, okay, half capacity and you need to social distance. When in reality... Would you go to a game if the Oilers allowed for a game in January? Would you go? No. Uh, I, mm, I wouldn't go in the stands, but if they opened up the up top for media, because I know I'd be able to go in my own entrance, go sit right down at my spot, watch the game, then go right to my car, I would, but I wouldn't go sit in the stands. If someone offered me tickets, I wouldn't do that. Would you play in a stadium if you were a player full of people? Yeah, because you don't have interaction with them. So you have that get, many people with that much airborne particulate in a, a space that rude. Yeah, you're, you're out and about. Would you go to an Oilers game if they have people in? It depends what like percentage of capacity. If, if it was like 5% or 10%, I would strongly consider it. How do the economics of the game work, though, in your mind, if it's that reduced for people? Well, the thing you need to remember is that, one, I'm far from an expert in this, but the salary cap <laughs> the salary cap is, to an extent, like an imaginary number. Like, it doesn't really matter. The salary cap is there to represent an estimated 50% yeah, so of, ho- yeah. of hockey-related revenue, right, of HRR. And if that money isn't made, the players just have to pay it all back in escrow. So. If they, like the league could have came out this year and been like the salary cap is one hundred million dollars and it would have just been given back like the players would have signed deals for ten million and just had to give back thirty percent of it probably so was that Lauren Michaels that boy I don't I don't know <laughs> I see anyway. so like the economics of the league are going to be hurt because the owners aren't going to make as much and the players are going to have to give money back and I think what you could end up seeing is some like expensive veteran guys like what Matt Niskanen did they'll sit there and go, well, I don't want to play for 30% of my contract and keep putting my body through this, so I'm out. I'm peacing. And Do I you think it could be that crazy? Like 30% of your contract is what you play for? I'm pretty sure they had to give back 20% this year or something close to it. So I... I, I, don't, I don't know how the math works, to be honest. Yeah, it's I'm like, not 100% sure on how the math works, but I believe that's what I heard is that these next couple seasons, the cap is going to stay flat. And, you know, maybe they artificially inflated a little after to help out some teams. But players are going to be given back money for the next couple of years until you can, or for the next year, until you can, until there's a vaccine and shit can go back to the way it was in 2019. Everyone's going to buy their jerseys and jerseys. I know Gary Bettman would do everything he can to prevent it, but I wonder how much this period would push teams like a Florida or something like that to the point where they can no longer operate. I think the league would just keep them propped up. But I mean, like, how many teams could they realistically do that for? It's not yeah, like yeah, uh, I agree, right? It's not. It's not like money. It's not like it's just okay. Fucking Coyotes were owning you again because whatever. This is like, what if they had to do it for five or six or seven teams? Well, Canada's yeah, getting hell, two more teams. How the hell do any of the arenas of North America or the world, for that matter, service their debt loads? Right? Yeah, they need to have like fucking. Robbie Williams tours every 30 seconds at Rogers Place, <laughs> plus Oilers, plus Oil Kings to keep a $400 million debt stack a twirling, right? Yeah. How are they supposed to do that? I heard, and I actually heard a rumor that there were a few teams that reached out to the league and were like, hey, can we get our expansion money now? So, like, when Seattle joins the league, they got to pay every, they got to pay their entry fee, and that gets split up amongst the teams, right? Uh, there's a rumor that there were teams who were like, we want it now because we're struggling to stay afloat. Imagine you're Seattle. You're like, hey, everybody, can you please get subscription to season tickets? Everyone's like, no. 
And you're like, well, already, do we have a TV deal? Uh, no. Okay. And how much money do you want for your expansion fees, Columbus? Fuck. Yeah, man. Like, it's going to be, economics-wise, it's going to be a fucked-up 12 months, not just around the NHL, but around every sports league. Mm. So how, what do you think is going to happen? Well, nothing. Like, the players are just going to give back money, and owners are going to take losses. And so I think no contrition of teams. NHL is going to have to find other revenue streams. Yeah. yeah. I bet you they start that's really. I, like, that's that's going to have to get creative. They're going to have to just find other ways, which is forcing them to, which is good. So maybe they'll become more collaborative. The one thing they probably could start doing, I know they've done it a little bit, but go all in on sports betting, man. Like get get yourself the cl- well. They the, have a gambling partnership, so this is where like this is where sports gambling could save sports once it opens up yeah. in the states. The fact that it's not fully open, like like their their gambling partnership could save the day. And uh, if, if the league get a cut, if it's all third party betting, it's not going to help. But you yet. do it by. But they already have a sponsorship, right? Like there's there's, there's right, but like there. I could as a better, right? There's a variety of apps I could use that aren't yeah. NHL app. But if I bet on yeah. hockey, the NHL would receive nothing. Yeah, but it's like anything, right? Like if, if single game sports betting becomes legalized in Canada, that means like DraftKings Sportsbook could open up. And if they go to the NHL, and the NHL could go to them, I should say, and be, hey, do you want to be our official sportsbook? And we will give you whatever you want, all our data, everything you need, but you need to pay us this absurd chunk of money. Well, that's going to help them. And they need to, I mean, it's not just going to be betting that could save them. Like, They'll have to do arenas, a lot, but yeah. Arenas are starting to build like sports betting, sportsbook yeah. betting lounges and, and stuff. So like that's the future. But there's a, a bunch of other stuff. Um, I've got to go. I've got a two o'clock appointment. So yeah. I'm going to leave on this <laughs> <What> note. <laughs> well, we, we booked a podcast for one to two, and yeah. my door's knocking for my two o'clock. Oh, here's the here's go, what Jay. I, Mike Pence's hair fly. Go the best. Oh, that's who should be running for president. Oh my god, I laughed so hard I couldn't breathe when I saw oh, the tweets about it. Oh my best god! Thing it's happened in 10 there's, years. there's an account for the fly that's oh, got hundreds of thousands of followers. <laughs> so I got to end. I, I got to walk out and end on this note. My pick for this week, I'm going to my. I got it. I'm going with my heart. My brownies with plus one and a half against. Yes, they're stingy, but shitty Indianapolis. They're my fucking lock for the week. Take it or go on the money line. It makes them more juice. Um, they trounce the Cowboys. And I got to leave on this one. I got to do a little bit of brother talk. First of all. As a, as a fellow UGG owner, I was so proud to yeah. see Enzo and others wearing UGGs in the house. That was amazing. <laughs> Nicole is talking. Nicole is talking so tough, even though like she's doing nothing in the game after yep. Christmas and Tyler took their shot and missed. That kind of always irks me. Uh, Tyler, you fucking idiot! Why yeah. did you take that angle with Enzo? That's probably yeah. going to kill your game. Yeah. Damn it! Uh, the meow meow just behind the scenes. Just working it with everyone. Got to pay a lot of respect. And with that, I am out. All right. There you go. I, I also feel like Tyler's going to go out this week, and I, I'm unhappy about it. Yeah, I'm kind of sad about it, too, because I really like him. But uh, yeah, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, Jay's lock of the week was Browns plus one and a half. We'll get Chalmers uh, when he texts in. Uh, I'll text him and get his lock of the week coming up I'm soon going as to- well. I'm going to Pittsburgh over Philly. Pittsburgh over Philly is Bag Milk's lock of the week. I am going right back to the Seattle Seahawks. I'm using oddtruck.com for all my sports betting information, everything I need to make me a smarter bettor. And I'm going the Seattle Seahawks, baby. They're 4-0 against the spread. They're 5-1 against the spread in their last 
six games as well. Their supercomputer is predicting a 20-point Seahawks win. Seahawks minus seven. That is my lock of the week. But we got Jay going with the Browns. Bag Milk is going with the Steelers over the Eagles. Jay, uh, sorry, I'm writing these down because I know I'm going to forget them if I don't. And I'm Wanya, going with how good? Wanya, how good have the fly memes been? Like oh the meme accounts have just been all over it. The flies is only black voter. <laughs> Jesus. Like, it was great. It was, it was just, just great. The best. And he looks like, I don't know what was going on with Mike Pence last night, but he looked like the edibles were kicking in as the debate was going on. His eyes all red because he has COVID, they said. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Uh, your check ask me a very basic NFL trivia question. Uh, mm-hmm. Your basic NFL trivia question is, which current team is shut down due to COVID with over 20 positive tests? Tennessee Titans. Ah, wow. You got that. You've been paying attention to the news, obviously. I guess that's more of a current events question, huh? True. It re- reached my level of the news of sphere. Yeah, yeah. That's fucked, though. Have you heard about all the teams in the QMJHL as well? No. What happened? They've had two teams, I believe, now who've had basically to shut down because they've had so many positive tests through preseason. And the Ontario government basically told the Ontario Hockey League that the only way they can play this year is if they ban body checking. In junior A hockey. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, man. It's absolute madness. Uh, Anyways, Bag Milk, before we go, do you have a uh, spicy free agency prediction for the Oilers? Uh, It's not spicy. It's guaranteed to happen that no matter who they sign tomorrow or do not sign, the comment section in the live blog will be the angriest place on earth. Don't miss it. Head to (laughs) OilersNation.com. Check out the free agency live blog that Bag Milk will be running. Um, interesting stuff. Oh, Carter man. Savoy. Yeah, Carter Savoy, Dylan Holloway. Welcome to Edmonton. They number got some eight. other interesting picks as well. Um, number eight in our program, number one in our radar. He, he is number one on the radar now. Uh, welcome to Oil Country, boys. And uh, you guys, thanks for giving me an hour of your time here. This was, uh, this was a fun little pod. I like this. It was just enough nonsense to keep me laughing, just enough on the rails to satisfy the hockey nerd in me. It was a good balance. I like that. I thought we did a very good job of following instruction today. Yep. You're aroused and now you're satisfied. Mm-hmm. Oilers Nation, or Nation Real Life episode 220 is brought to you by Oodle Noodle, Edmonton's number one noodle shop. Check them out. Plenty of locations around the city. I promise you, if you're in Edmonton, there is an Oodle Noodle right around you. Get it for dinner. Get it for lunch. Do whatever. If you pick it up in-store, 10% of all proceeds go towards a local charity. Also, the promo code NATION15. Use that thing at twigandberries.ca. Twigandberries, essentials for the modern-day caveman. No judgment, no shaming, no fancy words, just real men. Twigandberries.ca. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Life Podcast. For Wanye, Bag Milk, Jay, and Chalmers, who decided not to show up, I'm Tyler Rumchuk. We'll talk to you again next week. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.